the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hello, all of you sweet, beautiful, handsome, delicious people that are tuning into this episode of Oral Sessions. Thanks for coming to hang out. Um, I really feel like we've been building something really cool and really great here with this show. I've been having a lot of fun. I hope that you guys have been enjoying listening to these episodes. Um, We've just had a plethora of amazing kick-ass guests. Um, And as we normally stick to the world of professional wrestling, um, today we deviated a little bit. Kind of a little bit of a palate cleanser, if you will. The coffee beans that you sniff at a perfume counter. Is that a thing that we know about? Yeah, you like sniff coffee beans at the perfume counter to cleanse your nose in between smelling perfumes. Do we know this? Anyways, guys, this is an educational podcast. So Taylor Williamson is on the show today. You may know him from America's Got Talent, Last Comic Standing. You may just know him from the interwebs. He's great. Such a blast. And if this was, oh, my baby's here with me while I'm recording this intro. Can you guys hear her crying? Because she is not having this record right now. I've had her on me um, kind of all day and she's over me. So don't worry, kiddo. We're almost done, baby. We're almost done, little chicken. Um, Okay, so this was such a fun chat. I loved having Taylor on because we just got to bullshit. Those are my favorite interviews is when like, I don't have to look at a note. I don't really have to like set much up. Taylor was kind of the king of throwing things back at me, which can be kind of fun. I mean, that's what a conversation's about, right? It's a little back and forth and all that. But um, <laughs> here's Taylor Williamson. How's it going? What's happening in your life right now? Listen, I'm so flattered and honored to be asked to be on your show. Like, I'm, I've been a fan of yours for years. You're awesome. And I do recognize that your show must be at the point where, like, we're running out of people. We got to sit up that Taylor. <laughs> no, so that's not what the case is. Here's what the actual thing is. I feel like we've just done too much fucking wrestling. You know, like, it's been so wrestling heavy. And you and I can definitely get into some wrestling stuff. But, like, it has just been, like... And that's my bread and butter. I love me some wrestlers. Don't get me wrong. But it has just been like just with people like switching companies and blah, 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 going on these forbidden doors. (laughs) That it's like we've got to get so and so on and we've got to get this person on. And they're great. And I love those interviews. And I want to jump into them and like pick these people's brains. But it's nice to just get a little palate cleanser, you know, find talk to someone who doesn't have a job. You know, that's what you need. (laughs) But I, you're, you're, you didn't you do like improv comedy? You're, you have a comedy background, right? Yes, I do. But I feel like this has just been like sort of like stretched and contorted over the years. That like I started doing that when I was like 18. I am now. When this comes out, my ass is gonna be 36. So this was a long fucking time ago. But I did start out like comedy was what I wanted to do. I wanted to get into it was more like being a comedic actress was kind of what I liked. But then when I saw Chelsea Handler, I was like, oh, maybe something like that is what I could do. But yeah, I feel like that's sort of the thing that I kind of like leaned on. And I still feel like people are like, oh, you're like a comedian. I'm like, no, no, I just had like that's kind of the thing that I really wanted to do. 
but now I'm here. <laughs> listen, that's what, that's what I wanted to do also. So listen, and I'm still a comedian, but also I'm, I wanted to be a comedic actress. That's my point. But And you could. You've got that charm. You've got that like Drew Barrymore charisma. Really? That's the yeah. nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Even if it completely doesn't make any sense and it's disingenuous, I love it. Thank you. I'll take any compliment. Okay, so let's run things back here a second. So obviously you're a comedian, duh. But how do you go from like cutting your teeth as a comedian, getting your bearings, all that to to deciding to go do America's Got Talent to be like, I want to go get on a show in some capacity? Um, What you do is you 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 uh, do stand up comedy for 10 years and then you you get really desperate. Oh, I love desperation. Yeah. I mean, listen. I reek of it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> listen, like, honestly, like, respect to that show, it uh, it um, made my life uh, wonderful and weird in so many ways, and uh, it was the, the biggest thing I've ever done still, but uh, you don't go on the show because, like, you know what? Things are going really good. I'm going to go see what Heidi Klum thinks of my comedy, you know? I mean, I would love to know what Heidi Klum thought of me in any regard. And I did, and I appreciate her if she's watching. But, like, it's, like, uh, it's scary. Honestly, like, it was the show, like, when I was on it, too. I'm a dog. I'm a, I'm a father. Don't think I'm not bringing up the dog at some point. So if you want to bring her up, bring her up and bring her in. Betty, I'm trying to do an interview with Renee, Betty. Your dog is not as barky as CM Punk's dog was, though. His dog really uh, gave us a run for our money. And we fed him a bunch of ham. And then he went home and peed on his floor. See, my dog's Jewish, so we don't eat that kind of stuff in this house, you know? This dog didn't eat it either, but my trash ass did. So that's why he went home and peed, because he was, like, full of sodium. And, like, what are you feeding me? Um, Because CM Punk lives a nicer, um, cleaner life than I do. So when I was on America, I was a contestant in 2013. And like when that show, it was kind of like deaf. It was kind of like a white deaf comedy jam, honestly. Like there's okay. clips. The, this is like pre YouTube being super huge and stuff for people. Like there would be people who go on the show and then comedians like, and then the crowd would go boo and then like X them and stuff. And I went to an audition once just to watch. And like there was like a little teenage girl who was on the show and she like was like, yeah, I, was, I have a song I wrote and she sings it. And then she's trying. She's fine. And it was like, boo, you know? <laughs> and like, throat. honestly, I was so down on my career and life and stuff. And like, I was like, Howard Stern and Howie Mandel were two of the judges. And they're like comedy heroes of mine. And like, if they told me you suck, that would have destroyed me. That's a really risky move, too, to like put yourself out there and you're already kind of feeling down in the dumps. That could have been the thing that you could have just wrapped it up at that point. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't I mean, maybe like because I had a good career early on. Like, I got really lucky. Like, I went to the uh, the Montreal Comedy Festival. You know, oh, yeah. In the Montreal. Just for laughs, baby. Where are you from? Uh, Toronto. Oh, same thing. I'm so, American. I, it, okay, <laughs> calm down. It's a little bit of a boo hiss. No, I mean I do love Montreal, but there. I mean, sports wise, we have our little rivalry, so we'll keep it to that. Do you love hockey? Yeah, of course. Can I name drop? This is my name mm. drop in Calgary. When I, that, when I'm bombing, I go, "Hey guys." First, I mentioned that Brett the Hitman Heart came to my show twice, so I'm like, "You guys, yeah. it's a, you're welcome." First of all, recognize Hitman. And my cousin's wife's father 
is Reg Lemelin. He was on the Calgary Flames. He's a goalie. So like he's a he's a guy that like everyone's dad is like knows, you know? I was hoping you were gonna give like a good like Jerome McGinla plug or something. I thought we were gonna go there, but I don't think I can name three hockey players on. Have you put a gun to my really? head? Really? Yeah. What sports do you watch? Well, from San Diego, and like we had minor league hockey. We had like the East ECHL. I used to go to San Diego Goals games. Okay. Now that I say ECHL, bro, from it's the West Coast. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But you know what? I'm not a scientist either. What would it be on the? What is it on the West Coast? I think it was ECHL. Well, there. I'm, uh... Extreme <laughs> hockey league. <maybe? laughs> I don't know, but I so I, I but like I wrestling was the thing I watched, and like I could like tell you like people's like real. I got the pro wrestling illustrated almanac, and I could like tell you like when I was like twelve, like the date Andre the Giant died in his <laughs> real name, and it's like, yeah. so embarrassing. I still Just rattle that shit off. I have all these facts in my head that like no one needs that, you know. Well, you, like, really. you do. I mean, if you had my job, you would need that. So I mean, if. If you want to do a little swap every now and then, sometimes I got to like my my memory and my brain are so bad that like when I, I dates and stuff for me are all a blur, especially during like my time in WWE. I'm like, where was I? What happened? Who? What? Like, I don't remember shit. It's terrible. I probably drank myself. <laughs> most of that, so that might have something to do with it. But that's a different story. Um, Let's just go back to the very beginning. What kind of tickled your taint and made you want to become a comedian? What like really talked to you? <laughs> what an eloquent way with words that you you have That's, there. I'm um, a wordsmith. I got into comedy like later, like in high school, is when I really fell in love with it. Later? Well, that's not later. You're you're a baby then. What are you talking about? But like people like are like, I grew up listening to comedy albums and like they're liars. <laughs> Nobody has I, tastes until they're in high school. I didn't like music till I was like twelve. No, because all you listen to is whatever your parents play. You wouldn't know otherwise. Yeah, like, you know, people like who are like, oh, yeah, I love Billy Joel since I was six. I'm like, my mom listened to this fucking Cher album over and over again. And some random Madonna, like not like a classic Madonna, but like one of the newer ones. And like, and I was hearing songs three P. So I said, I don't like music. I love I was like piano, but like, which, who says I don't like music? That's like a sociopath, you know, that like, is a weird fucking statement. And I know people that have said that. And I'm like, who? What? 12 is when I changed my ways. Then I only liked oldies. I okay. was like, really, I, I'm. Should I be sharing this stuff? Yes. No one's, no one's going to hear this, right? No, I don't think anyone listens. So, it's, no. It's very embarrassing if I tell people this. But, like, I in, like, seventh grade, I would, like, I have, a, I would, like, I had, like, a, was it a Walkman with the CD player? A oh, yeah, like a man. shockwave? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know No skips, up. bitches. No <laughs> skips. <laughs> We're so, I'm 35 also. We're very old. <laughs> we are very old. But, yeah, so then I would listen to, like, just oldies and, uh, and then I'd also wear like an NWO shirt. I needed to be punched by somebody, honestly. Well, it sounds to me like you um, you just you had some broad strokes and I like that. What oldies are we talking about here? I did like one hit wonders. I didn't do like the albums. I just want to be clear. Like I did like best of all. So I used to really be into oldies, too. There was um, this donut shop down the street from me. And I remember they like sold a CD and it was like the um, cross country donuts. If anyone in Canada remembers this and they had an oldie CD and my mom and I used to put it on and we would work out in our living room to this. Um, and then, <laughs> and then I got into more salt and pepper. So we started to really shake it down after that. Um, but you know, if it was like, um, sure. not three times on the ceiling, if you like shit like that was like, I liked stuff like that for sure. They're feel good music. 
The only tape I ever bought before this phase was the Vanilla Ice uh, Ninja rap from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to The Secret of the Ooze. You have to say the whole thing. <laughs> and then the, the movie My Boyfriend's Back. Remember there's all these movies that was based on... There was a song titled and they made, they worked backwards and made a movie. So guess what My Boyfriend's Back was about? A boyfriend came back to, to swoop up his girl. Close. A teenage boy comes back from the dead because he is determined to win the most beautiful girl in school. I love corpse love. So, yeah, just the cast. And as I get older, I don't find humor. And, uh, like, who's that? You know? Because, like, now I'm that person. But, like, I'm, I, <laughs> now I wish I was that person. So, anyway. So, so then, like, I remember I, the song My Boyfriend's Back. I'm like, oh, it's like the movie. So I listened to that. So my boyfriend's back was a soundtrack of your 12 year old summer. Basically, like I'm that guy, <laughs> like I watch like, like wrestling now and like, they're like, this pay-per-view is like presented by like whatever their song is. I'm like, yeah. just going to like download it. When I was 12, I'd be like, that's my song. Oh, sh- <laughs> Poppy, Poppy. <laughs> I'd have every Poppy album. I'm sure that's- she's great. That's fantastic. Oh, oh, of that of Poppy, the like from NXT. I get it. I was like, I thought you were giving like a puppy, like <laughs> ooh, puppy. Oh, that that went another direction. This is my puppy, though. Tell me about this dog because when I was like flipping through uh, your Instagram and your Twitter and all that, and your dog popped up, how tiny is this little thing? She's very small. Like I used to be a comedian, but this past year I became <gasps> I, I gave up on my hopes and dreams. I just became a guy who posts pictures and videos of dogs. And oh my god, I it's love, like I a, got, it's like a fucking hamster on steroids, kind of. Listen, that's a little. But I mean hurtful. that I mean I I mean that in like a loving way, and I mean this because the paws are a little hamster like. She's you know what she definitely looks like. I mean, this is a weird angle for her. Oh, She's, I love her so much. I love her too. She oh. she looks like a bat, really. Yeah, yeah. There's She's a bat, bat that lost her sad little bat wings. <laughs> she, yeah. Are you a bat? But she'll fall asleep like 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 any way I hold her. She'll <laughs> I'm fall asleep. Obsessed with your dog. Holy shit. Yeah. Look so, at but, her. How old is she? She's about one. But like. <sighs> Love I make fun her. of people who are who I am now. Like, it's wild. Like, so my, my quarantine for COVID was like my cousin and his wife and three kids. I live by myself. And so I'd see them a few days a week. And they have a dog who's like my best friend. And they gave me their dog for most of the year because I like live alone. And like, I was being cautious and stuff. So but then after a year, like the little five-year-old kids are like, we want our dog back. And they're crying because they're just selfish monsters, you know? You can't just give someone a gift and then ask for it back. So I gave them their dog back. And then... I went to the shelter and I found this thing and I love her. And I didn't realize how small she was until like I left the place, honestly. She is puny. How tall? She must have been like a, an inch when you got her. No, I got her a few months ago. So she was like nine months and she's pretty. She might be full grown. What an angel. I fucking love your dog and I wish she lived in my house. Listen, when I travel, you can watch her if you want. Please, please send her to me. But you just put her in a little envelope and ship her off. She's so teeny. Because the problem is she's a needy fucking woman, you know? But I kind of feel like that's what you want as a dog owner because you want to feel loved just as much as they need to be needy. You need to feel important. Can I tell you that you're completely right? Like, yeah, it's like, I know. I'm, it's sick. It's We're sick. It's so real. Like, 
like the whole emotional support thing, like I always thought it was a goof. Like, you know, because you see people debate that the peacock on the plane and all this stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like my dog makes me so present. I mean, I'm not a real parent. So like I this is I know like once you're a real <laughs> child, you're like, OK, with your dog, you know, but well, you know, I, I mean, honestly, I kind of like strike the balance because everyone's like, oh, you're like, forget about your dogs when you have a baby and blah, blah, blah. And there was definitely like a window, mostly because I had a C-section. I couldn't bend down for a little while. Um, and my dog got very upset and would shit in the house out of um, resentment. Um, but he's back to being normal now. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I, I compare my baby to my dogs all the time. Yeah, they're, they're the, similar. They're, are they on a similar level? Like, and- well, my baby is my baby is sort of advancing more now that she like smiles at me and looks at me like she likes me. So like that part's really cool. My dogs like me, too, but she's like becoming a human before right. my very eyes. And that part's pretty cool. That's amazing. What month did they start? I heard babies like I am, you know, comedian people talk about yeah, babies suck until like a few months. Then they're amazing. But like for the first couple of months, you're like, what? who is this? What am I doing? Sort of. I kind of look at her. I'm like, who are you? Who's this person that lives here now? It's it is trippy of like figuring out who this person is. But you, I, I can't really complain. I've I got off pretty easy. My baby's been easy. I've recovered easy. So like, I can't really talk shit. But I do have friends that are like, oh my god, my baby doesn't stop crying, or you know, they have a hard time adjusting. I don't know. Like I said, my light is dimming at the end of the tunnel, and I'm just leaning into it. I love it. Um, okay, we really we deviated here because we were talking about oldies and I asked you about getting into comedy and now we're talking about my baby. Um, okay, so you got into your oldies music, but when did you start saying, oh, comedy, yes? Listen, I got that Jeff Foxworthy album with the... Mm. With, with, uh, redneck, you know, baby. Redneck, uh, you might be a redneck jokes. Like, listen, classic. And then, you know, like, I, I started, like, quoting jokes. Not like I was acting like it's mine, but, like, it, I got the joy of, like, here's a joke and people laugh and like I thought that was cool and then early on I did have this like weird level of integrity where I like I wanted people to I realized it wasn't my joke you know and I, I don't know and then I remember there's this comedian Arge Barker who I loved and like who's still very funny and and he's still still funny that's good and uh and I remember I quoted his jokes and um, I lo- always love quick jokes, like a joke that you can say. Mitch Hedberg, did you ever hear Mitch Hedberg? I quoted him in my cookbook, actually. Really? Yeah, put that combo together. That's very cool. Hell yeah. But in this guy in high school, like, he was like jealous that I got a laugh. This is like super <laughs> sexy. He's like, that's not your joke, it's so-and-so's. And I was like, and in my head, I was like, oh yeah, watch this. So then all everything I do is just a cry for help and trying to get back at someone who will never know that I did anything, so... <laughs> So then in San Diego, where I'm from, uh, they had a comedy, they have a comedy club out there called the Comedy Store, and and uh, they had a comedy workshop, which I don't really recommend anyone ever do for stand-up. I mean, I don't, I'm not against it, but you you get your feet wet on stage, and I didn't know any better, and I don't regret it, but like... Um, kind of just have to go do it, yeah? Yeah, if you're stand-up, improv is, a, is, a, is totally different, you know? I mean, it's a scheme to take money from people, really, a lot of the time, you know? Also, I think when people are just it's sort of like that pin the tail on the donkey, like, what am I doing? Where am I going? Wait, this is not OK. There's this class. I'm going to go check that out. But like, it's like I took like a like a commercial auditions class. Who the fuck needs that? What a waste of time and money. Like, here's my hands. Here's my teeth. I don't know. You want to hire you're going to hire me off my headshot anyways. So let's just move on. You don't need my money for that. Did you ever do one of those classes where they yell at you? So not one where I yelled, where they yelled at me, but I did, I was taking like these kind of intense acting classes with this acting coach in Toronto, who's like pretty renowned for like, you know, being good 
at coaching people as an actor. Um, but he was like, I, in like, I kind of like it because I feel like people can't talk to people like this anymore where it was like cutthroat where he's like, well, if you get a little fat, it's not going to work out for you. Um, or like you were shit in this because of X, Y, and Z, or like you look like you'd play a poor person on television. Um, and you can't say shit like that to people anymore. So it really made you go like introspective of like, okay, who am I? What can I play? What do I look like? Um, and like, don't treat yourself with food after a good audition, like the fucked up shit that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love to treat myself with food. That's actually my number one treat. Um, but anyways, that was sort of like the most like, kind of cutthroat side of doing classes of somebody being mean to you, but I liked it because I'm a sick bitch. <laughs> I, I like the, like in acting, like this is like what some people say. And it's not, there is a version of this. This is, I mean, it's actually very true, but like, I remember this actor friend of mine, he's like, show me his headshot. Like, see me? Like, I'm like, I'm like truck driver guy. And he's very proud of that. Like I'm the guy who plays a truck driver. Like you gotta figure out what are you? And I'm just like, okay, buddy. Yeah. But, yeah. But, What's your hit? Yeah. And like, yeah. uh, and uh, I'm just like really handsome guy. That's my thing. It's just yep. we need a really handsome guy. And then I'm, you know, and so commercials especially, but it's very humbling when you figure out, this is how you find out what category you're in is when you go to an audition and then you look around and see who's next to you. Yeah. Like, well, I'm, and like, and if like, I would go to auditions and like, you see this group of like super babes. Just the the hottest woman ever, and like they're and they you see them all hate each other, look around like and oh, they all yeah. hate each other because they're the hottest chick until they get next to in the and room. Then until they, they, get... they all always see each other at the same audition, so it's like extra hate has been like added to the fire. And then I'm always around like like the dorks, and I'm just like, wait, I feel like there's a mistake here. I feel like there's a something <laughs> something someone messed up. Maybe it was me, but um, but I had this commercial <laughs> acting class where like in my acting my commercial agent made me take it and. Uh, Cause there's like, it's a game, like you're performing for cameras and stuff, you know, it's like, it's not real acting. Like there's a, I get the business of, you need to learn how to slay and don't try to make them, don't try to be funny outside of the thing and just like do the the business of it. Cause it's not about being a great sure. artist. It's about like what you said, it's like the, the, your look and whatever. But this guy would just, it was like four weeks and he would just treat like a drill sergeant and like just like yell at you and be like, what the fuck was that? It's the worst thing I've ever seen. And like, it's all adults in the room and like. I would just look around and be like, why are we putting up with this? This is we wild. We paid for this. Yes. And then the last day, once we're all done, he like, he's, he turns it off and he's so nice. And I was just like, this is not healthy. I don't, I don't like this. So he was just trying to prep you for what it's like to go into a room and people being mean to you? Yeah. I asked and it's the, the idea is so you can handle anything. So it's like, he's training you like a Navy SEAL yeah. for acting. And I just don't. I don't work well under those conditions and it doesn't bring out the best in me just being yelled at. You know what? I think I do now after doing a year plus of doing commentary on raw. I actually think I fucking thrive in that. <laughs> bring it. Yell well, at me anytime. I'll fucking withstand it. <laughs> well, so I just did this USO tour where, uh, you, I got to go with the vice chair, the joint chief of staff and run this, this was in June, like pre Delta variant and like post vaccine. So there was like two weeks where I'm on the C-17, the same jets that are leaving Afghanistan with 600 people on them trying to wow. get out of there within the yeah. same, the same fucking things. And like, it's like gen, like high ranking generals and, and military people and like we, artists and this like country band. This is the weirdest thing. And, yeah. uh, and have you done one of these? So I've done tribute to the troops a few times. Oh, sure, so, I mean, course. yeah, similar kind of deal. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting mishmash of like wrestlers, then some comedians, musical acts, and then everyone that is serving in the military. Yeah, it's it's an interesting mix of people. Doing things during the day and all this stuff. Yeah. And then we're in like drill sergeant. Drills, I don't know. They're yelling at us to go to the, the cafeteria. Like like all that stuff. Like, hurry up, you're taking too long. And wash your hands. And I'm like, and I'm like, I have to sing the happy birthday song twice. So you can't <laughs> rush me to wash my hands during COVID. Okay, he's like, okay, we'll sing it, sing it in your head. Like I was like, kind of impressed. Faster. <laughs> Come harder. And like they're just yelling at us and like I literally, I don't, I don't like it, but, and I, I asked so many, uh, service people about it, the whole, like, why did, is this healthy? Like, what is this? It seems to me to be toxic from my perspective. <laughs> a little bit of a toxic environment. Yeah. But the, everyone says, every person says they break you down so they can build you back up. They say that in WWE too. That's like legit. I'm not even <laughs> fucking with you. That is a line. Break you down. Build you back up. Listen, offense. So if you're watching, uh, you're not these. You're not training people to fight in in Iraq in in the, uh, the middle of the night in the worst conditions. Like this is a complete. This is a, it's an art. Like it's people. Let's trying, embrace each other dreams. a little more. Let's be a little softer around the edges. How about that? The NFL is back and FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they give everyone a ten dollar risk free bet. Every Wednesday, all you have to do is bet the same game parlay bet with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to 10 bucks. Some of the many reasons that I love betting on all the NFL action with FanDuel Sportsbook is the fast payouts. I love that you get paid as quickly as 24 hours. Fantastic. Give me that money and give it to me quick. It's so easy to use, super easy to navigate. I assure you it is absolutely foolproof. Plus, it's America's number one sports book. I mean, what else do you really need to hear? So lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook and get up to 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? They're also offering a risk-free $1,000 bet if you prefer that one. Just sign up with the promo code Renee. And uh, if your first bet loses, you get up to $1,000 back. I repeat, $1,000 back in site credit. Just use the promo code Renee, R-E-N. E-E. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Maximum refund, $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, New Jersey, or Virginia. Or 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. You get into comedy, you like it. What was your first stand-up experience like and how do you like how do you get better as a stand-up comic because like you said you've been you know doing it for 10 plus years but you see so you're doing it 10 years before you did america's got talent but it was funny it's like you go on and that show makes it look like you just walked off the of street course and onto the, oh wow i'm at the stage and then people are and then people are like i was a fan of yours since day one i'm like where fucking, when you're 10 <laughs> <laughs> they think that you just walk on stage and just say what you're thinking. No, they don't care that this is years of material that you worked on, and like people just don't understand the art. People don't understand, like you said, wrestling is like on the low end of respect. Stand up is like way lower than that of just 
understanding and well it's it's just like it's such a slow burn till you're good at it and to not just want to throw in the towel after a while because it is it takes such a long time to be good at that i mean same kind of way as like professional wrestling i feel there's so many ins and outs and little nuances to to make you exceptional at what you do like how how do you kind of refine your craft i'm sure you you relate in everything that you do too like you have to have some kind of super self-confidence what's weird is like the first time i was on stage i did a comedy workshop thing and then like the i didn't tell my family i didn't invite anybody you could never like, you could never i can't handle it like that also because i was i was really shy and quiet and home and like they don't know me like that and like i just couldn't handle like isn't that weird there's something really interesting about that about like who you are at home versus like who you feel like you want to be on the inside and trying to like break away and do that it's ballsy it's like that's very nerve-wracking so I did the comedy workshop and it went killer. So I didn't invite anybody, but it, it went as good as possible. But I'm 17, talking about like, I've been clean and sober for 17 years. If I had a fake ID, I'd go vote. Great classic. Hits, <laughs> classic but the crowd was so extra supportive because they're just like worried for you sure. and like whatever. So you get you get laughs 50 times more than you Yeah, because really if you did that at 25, they'd be like, fuck this guy. He's been around. Like <laughs> you do that. You walk in there as a kid and people want you to succeed. That's that's smart. I missed that. That was cool. You got that bonus. Like, it's like uh, for walking in the comedy to, club. People just like. Yeah. To be the young new thing on the scene again. What I'd give. Throw me yeah. back to that. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, so then, but then as an artist, like, I, I remember like this, this woman, rest in peace. Her name was Sandy Seashore. Shut the fuck up. Polly Shore's sister. Are, is this real? Yeah. Completely real. And uh, I was waiting for another punchline to hit there. That's why I was like hesitant. I'm like, am I taking the bait on this? No, she also did. She was a comedy coach for um, you know, Sebastian Maniscalco took her class like 20 okay. years ago. You know, Sebastian. Yeah. Oh, he's comedian. amazing. Yeah. In my head, like, I'm amazing. Like, I was literally outside being like, I'm I'm a rock star. Like, this is I'm so good. And then she walked up to me. She was like, in six months, you're going to be like embarrassed by everything you just did. And like, it wasn't a good job. It wasn't anything. And I was just like, ew. But that's really, that's, what I got from that class, like that's the best thing I got from that class, honestly, was that wisdom. Because no matter how good I ever think I am, if I look back and I don't have a little bit of embarrassment, that means I'm not getting better. That's an interesting point, but that makes me feel like nervous to like, to feel that way all the time. Feeling embarrassed about shit that you did, you know, six months ago, that makes me, ner- I don't, that's why I don't watch any of my shit back. I forever just become a shell of myself. I'd be nervous to say anything at that point. So I'd be like, you're an idiot and you're going to look back on this and wish you didn't say it. I hear you. And that's maybe not the best word to use. Like, uh, but it's also truthful for me too, honestly. Like it is a, that's a thing about being an artist, stand-up comedian. It's like, it's, you're never done. You're never there. So it's, it's really like, it's just a whole, you're trying to fill a bucket that's never full. And it's just like, it's just uh, really unhealthy in all the ways. But like, like you do an, an hour special, you record an album, you're like, oh, no, I have to do another one. Then it's like, I have to do another one. And then another one. And then it's How like. How stressful. It's terrible. I need to get out of it, honestly. Like, this past year, I've been like, what's a good pivot? Like, uh, I have no talent. I have know. no skills for anything. But Isn't that scary when you hit a certain point and you're like, well, I'm committed to this career now. I have no other skill set. So now what? So I moved to L.A. when I turned 18. And that was like, you're not supposed to move to L.A. You're into comedy. But like, the whole thing was you become the best comic in your town. Then you move, whatever. So it was irresponsible in ways to move to L.A. But. I moved, I got to go to college out here. For, that was an excuse for my family going to college. But then the thing about being in LA is like, 
you're doing an open shitty open mic, but then Zach Alfanaka still needs stage time and Sarah Silverman still still needs stage time. There's only a few comedy clubs, so they would drop in and like it's like jumping to the deep end of the pool. Like I loved it. It was so cool to me and like so and then I got Montreal Comedy Festival when I was nineteen. I got on Craig Ferguson oh. used to be a James Corden show. You know, you know you get it. So if anyone's bored, you can watch me when I was twenty on late night TV doing like the same joke. Uh, I've been clean over for 20 years, you know, and like the same thing. <laughs> for a comedian to go on late night, have you heard about the process? It's no, you send jokes and then they go, That joke's racist, that joke's not funny, that joke's out of date. They're like, I like this, but not this. What's this? They they dissect your act in a way that they don't do with singers at all. Like, whoa, they take ownership of your they, they make they make you jump through all these hoops and like, I could show you emails of just like. Um, they're like, oh, I only like these jokes. I'm like, okay, well, I sent you six minutes of jokes and you approved four minutes of jokes. Can we, like, it's four and a half minutes for late night. Can we hop on the phone tomorrow and just finalize it, you know? It's always six months later. It's like, oh, whatever. I've had them approve more than four, four and a half minutes of jokes. And, like, send me another tape. But I'm like, we have it here, buddy. And, like, then it's like, okay... Okay, standards and practices approved your set. We just have to figure out a date. Wow. I had no idea that you just went on and did your thing. No, it's it's very exhausting. America's Got Talent is easier to, to get jokes through on, on primetime family television than on late night shows. Wow. Like I did That's jokes on the that they, went, they disapproved of on uh, late night. What a weird time, man. It's fucking wild. Yeah, it is. It's stressful. It's very stressful. I, it's stressing me out even talking about it, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry. But, because I don't even know. You don't even know like how to navigate having the conversation about it. You know, like it's sort of, you, you know, no one ever wants to be the one to like say the wrong thing or have like the wrong point of view on something or whatever. But yeah, it makes it so like, it's just such an interesting time. Like as uh, as a comedian, as somebody that's like interviewing people, like it's, yeah, no one knows what to touch on and whatnot. It, it's very, it, I just feel like it makes everything so generic because nobody knows what to say. It's so weird. And even like, like for comedians, like there's comedians blowing up on Instagram now by posting clips of the of TV spots and like live shows. It's like, like a minute clip of a joke with subtitles. And like, I'm like my best footage is from America's Got Talent. But like my biggest, the reason I was, I got to second place and I, 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 they bring me back for stuff is the attention I got from like this joke that's like a racial joke. I said this as someone trying to get to the next round. I'm not trying to sabotage myself and I know, and Mel B's a black person. I'm trying to get her to like me. So I, I'm, this is 2013. I'm not an idiot. I'm not trying to sabotage myself, but I had some joke where I said, um, if I have kids one day, I'm going to make sure that they grow up being friends with every color of the rainbow. That means no black people. Terrible. And then I added or white people. But like, yeah, that's the thing. It's just right. a joke. It's just a stupid. And like, I, I started saying, I'm not racist. I just want to make that clear. Like, and then here's my point. Yeah. It's more yeah. racist comedy. But she liked, and Nick Cannon's the host. Like, I'm not, and there's producers, like, and it's a family show. And they, they cut out another joke, but they put that in. They, they aired it, you know? Then I have another joke that's like so ridiculous and like, but like it's and I did it twice. Can I just share? I hate to record a joke, but it's kind of a funny story, man. Yeah, bring it. The joke was like my friend got a labradoodle. The dog's father's four pound black poodle. Dog's mother sixty pound white labrador retriever. That's a huge size difference, but I guess it proves a stereotype that black poodles love fat white bitches. So I'm a good person. I, these are not all my jokes. We're talking about this specific. It just sounds like I'm like the guy who only does jokes like this. But like I did it on America's Got Talent. 
And they got a big, like, standing ovation at Radio City Musical. And Nick Cannon's like, you're fine. Like, this is cool. And, like, and it's, like, a cute joke. It's ridiculousness, you know? But then in the finale, we had to recreate an act that we already did before. And, like, I fought really hard to, like, do something really special and weird. And it's very scary. But, like, I was like, let me do something ridiculous. There's an opera group and they have a, they have a opera, or what do you, like, a chorus of people behind them. Let my shtick be, like, I got them back. And to do a punchline. This would never fly now. But, like, I had a, a chorus of people say my punchline. I pointed them and they go, Black Poodles love that white bitches. <laughs> and then fireworks go off and I wave an American flag. Like, I did that on NBC Family Show. Like, there's no way you could do that now. And I'm not, I'm not even saying that's not a bad thing. Sure, but that's just, it was okay at the time. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. And, like, but, like... I never had one person say that's racist either, by the way. Like, honestly, like, it just, I don't think I would even try to do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even start the conversation. I'd just be like, this isn't, for, like, for a comment, I kind of lean into, is it worth it? Before I let you go, um, you, what is this love connection you have with Heidi Klum? What happened? Because she is truly one of the most beautiful women of all time as, I mean, fuck, obviously that's not new information I'm spewing out, but what happened? She was the judge on the show. It was her first season and, uh. The first, there's like two, the audition episode, then the second one, then the first live show, Radio City Musical, I told my jokes, and then um, it went fine. It wasn't like stellar, like I, they maybe changed my punchline at the last second, they said you can't say condom. Can't say condom? Why can't you say condom? Why is that offensive? We're talking safe sex here, people. Thank you. For the word. And then I made a mistake, I said, uh, I could say prophylactic, then I was like, no, 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 no. And then, then I, I took it back at three seconds, and then the producer came back they said you could say prophylactic. I'm like, no. And they're like, well, Howie says it's funny. I'm like, oh, fuck. And this is where I was like, I, I don't want him to not like me. And then also this is when I thought the show was rigged still. Uh, so I was like, I don't want to piss off the producers because yeah. like, I should just go with the flow a little bit. And um, unfortunately, it's not rigged. But I go out there and I tell these jokes. And then uh, and then uh, Heidi was just like, and it went well, fine. And then Heidi was like, I think you're inappropriate for children. I would never take my kids to see you. And it really fucked me up, honestly. Like, it, like, hurt my feelings and made me sad. And I felt, I felt terrible. I just imagined, like, all these... It's my first live TV thing. Like, it's a big deal. And, like, I just imagine, like, parents covering their kids' eyes. Or I don't know why they cover their eyes instead of their ears. But, uh, <laughs> but like, don't look at that, man. And, <laughs> and then I was, like, trying to think of, like, what do I... Like, I have... I'm a comic. I have, like, a... I can destroy a heckler easily. That's one of my unhealthy skills. Is I can say the meanest thing I could possibly say at any time to somebody. <laughs> That gets a reaction and like this show is better to be liked than to be me funny. Okay. It's better if the crowd like the people voting like me. The crowd booed when she said that. So it got me like that attention you don't get on these competition shows. Like I got like You became sympathetic. People were like fight having opinions on me now. It wasn't just like a lot the comedians who get kicked off the show faster, like four standing ovations. Good job, you're great. Thank you. They don't get voted on. But like I got people to vote like fuck you, we think he's good, you know? So then the next round, my whole premise was like, Heidi Klum um, says, I don't have a kid-friendly act. So I wrote a whole kid-friendly act for her. But it was all like, here's a dog joke. And then I told the Labradoodle joke. And like, here's a joke about camels. I saw a camel onto the zoo. I saw a camel. Hope she has a nice person. Oh, I saw a camel. I had really tiny humps. Hope she has a nice <laughs> personality, right? <laughs> it's just like, it's just, so, but then she played along and she was so fucking rad and so cool and so, um amazing to play along and be like the the, the the nice the bite of my jokes yeah. but like it was all with love and she she bantered back and forth and 
every every show from then on we had like a thing and she played it up and they brought me back to do stuff with her and like she's the reason that I got through and they bring me I'm on I'm we just taped a thing I'm gonna be on the the finale of AGT Wednesday I think that's before this airs probably so like they bring uh, years later they bring it's all because of her so go back in time if uh, you want to see it but I if anyone's bored on my website taylorwilliamson.com I have all the I have all the uh, episodes people can watch, but uh, yeah, I'm very grateful and like I'm hust- I'm trying to figure out my next thing. I've had some pilots and like this business is you know it's a fucking yeah. gnarly business. So in the meantime, and especially coming out of a pandemic, like um, it's I'm so grateful to get it. like when you asked me to do your show, like it's, I'm not blowing smoke. Like I'm a fa- I respect you. the hell out of you, and uh, it means the world to me that you asked me to do it. And like it's you know it's like. This past year, I'm like, who am I? What am I? Am I just a guy who has dogs now? I just, I just like, yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people have gone through it. I feel like I kind of went through the same thing. It's like I quit WWE, and then I kind of, you know, and then I got pregnant right after, and then I'm like, oh my god, wait, am I just like at home being a mom? Like, what am I doing now? What's my next move? What's the pivot? So it's actually been really nice to be able to do a show like this and be able to work with the volume. And I just started a new serious show, so it's cool to be able to do these shows from home. Thanks, but yeah, it's very much so. Like, what am I doing? What's happening? You know, I was trying to find that footing again. And like you said, it's weird during a pandemic waiting for like stuff to open back up again. And when our show is going to start casting again, all that kind of shit that is just uh, makes everything feel a little unsure. What makes me feel better, though, is finding out that many people feel the same way. Yeah, we're all just lost. <laughs> except, except for the, my wrestler friends. They literally have had the best year. And they don't, the ones I've talked thriving. to. Like, yeah, they've been doing good. I, they don't, I don't think they know that there's a pandemic. Like this one guy's like, I'm in LA, let's go get dinner. I'm like, what are you, this is like, like nine months ago too. I'm just like, what is going on? They're just like, they're like doing like wrestling matches at 7 Eleven, like goofing around, making funny videos. I'm just like, what is going on? There's just, there's two universes. There's LA and then wrestlers, but I love them. All. Yeah, they're great. They're great people. I love them too. <laughs> Well, Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the show and showing me your sweet little dog, Betty. Oh, my goodness. Yes, there she is. There's that little bat lady. It was great chatting to you. This was fun. It was like a this was just the palate cleanser that I needed to just have a conversation and shoot the shit. I really appreciated it. Me too. Thanks for having me. A big thank you to Taylor for joining me. Thank you guys for listening. I love you all oh so much. Um, Do me a favor. Go on to um, Apple Podcasts and write a little note, a little love letter to me, if you will. Only if you like the show. If you don't like the show, chances are you haven't got to this part. Baby's still with me. Baby's still unhappy. Chicky, we're almost done, honey bunny. We're almost done, sweet girl. Go on there, like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, check it all out, and check it all out on YouTube. Search my name on YouTube, find it. Because you can see these interviews. They all go up uh, a little bit after you guys have heard the audio versions of them, but it's all on there. Guys, this has been Oral Sessions, signing off, me and Nora. (laughs) 